As part of this exercise, sitting in the dark in the greenhouse with my cup of decaf, I started thinking, now, how much will I risk? So, so let's ask the tough question. What percent of your net worth would you risk on something? Episode 224, how risk adverse are you? Jason reveals his score. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. With more than 2.9 million listens and downloads and growing every week, this is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, reinvention. This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. Jason March 23rd through the 25th is going to be here before we know it as we record this podcast in late January. Yes, yes. And it's the uh, Jason Jennings Certification Summit. 50 people have uh, gathered from all around the world, and the objective is to take all the knowledge I've been privileged to learn and gain uh, in studying 220,000 companies, interviewing 80,000 people, uh, eight best-selling books, 1,200 speeches, 500 half-day workshops and seminars. Uh, the object is to take all the knowledge that I've been allowed to gain, and I'm going to give it to everybody else, all of it, and they will be empowered and authorized to speak on my behalf, uh, teach on my behalf, consult on my behalf. And the best part is I'm doing it as a labor of love. It's pro bono. There is no charge. Uh, people just have to get themselves from wherever they are in the world for those three days uh, to Tiburon, California. And surprisingly, um, and, and we're full, but but surprisingly, uh, this week, uh, I, I heard from a couple of people and they said, we just need to be part of this. We need to be part of this. Please, please, please. And so... Uh, I've actually made an exception. Uh, and so what I tell people is if you're listening to this and you just uh, go to my website, you can check it out. And if for some reason you missed it up until now and you feel called uh, to be there, you know, what's what's one more? I'm not going to turn anybody away from the table. So uh, but about 500 people had uh, it, um, made an indication of their interest in being there. Well, we're down to a full house at about 50. And as I said, we I added just somebody this morning. They, they had a great story. So, uh, and, and the people who will be attending, uh, it is, uh, CEOs of companies, it's high powerful consultants, it's CEOs of companies, it's, uh, it's, it, and it's some young people, uh, it's just a great mix of brilliant people. So that's that story. I'm glad you acknowledged me being there, the young people. Thank you. Uh, that, oh, that's exactly right. Yes. We're going to have a youngster there, Dale. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, it, this week, it, before we hit record on the podcast, um, we were talking about the business world losing an icon, and this icon was way too young, Clayton Christensen. Yep. Yep. And I just want to take a moment and acknowledge uh, acknowledge his passing, extend condolences to the family of famed Harvard professor uh, Clay Christensen, uh, passed far too young from cancer. Uh, his big book, his biggest book was The Innovator's Dilemma, uh, written in 1997. Uh, he was a brilliant man. Uh, he was kind. He was a generous man. And interestingly enough, uh, his work, I was just having a conversation uh, with another author, Jamie, yesterday, uh, late in the day, working out in the gym, who had also worked with him. And uh, uh, Jamie and I were talking about the fact that uh, 
eventually Christensen's work took him to the same place that you are and I am, uh, which is it's all about purpose. And and that's what he really spent a lot of his uh, final years on. Uh, I had the opportunity to work with him. Uh, I think it was, I, I, I can't pretend that I was a close friend, but we worked together was either three or four times at three or four different events. And I found him to be just charming, just a, a gentle, charming, keen, intellectual, sharing, warm, compassionate man. So we will mourn his passing far too young. And if anybody hasn't read The Innovator's Dilemma, uh, even though the book was written in 1997 and there's an updated and revised paperback, uh, it's, it's a good read. In fact, it's a great read. Absolutely. Cannot agree more. So our topic today, evaluating a tolerance for risk. How did this one show up on your radar screen? Okay. So actually, uh, anybody who listens know that I, I spend the hour between uh, 4.45 and about 5.30 sitting in the greenhouse when, when I'm off the road, but I do the same, exact same thing when I'm on the road in a hotel room. But I spend 45, uh, 30 to 45 minutes in, in darkness and, and a cup of decaf coffee. And the first 15 or 20 minutes are, are just my, my grateful time. What are the things I'm grateful for this day? And I always zone into something. And then it's another 15 or 20 minutes of the big things I want to accomplish this day. And I was actually thinking about Christensen the other day. And I knew that I'd quoted him extensively in one of my books, but I couldn't remember which book. So I went looking for the quote. And 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 the context in which I quoted him was that it was about the fact that, that when big companies attempt new things, the failure rate is in excess of 90%. And and that, of course, is the innovator's dilemma or part of the innovator's dilemma. And he also added that the more money big companies had in the bank, the less likely they were to try anything new. And so that in my thought process, they're sitting in the dark by myself, letting my mind wander. I started wondering how risk adverse I am. Uh, because I am the researcher and I'm the author who's always out there telling people to let go, make small bets and try new things. And so I was wondering, uh, uh, how risk adverse am I personally? So I found a few great diagnostic tests to evaluate one's tolerance for risk. And before you telling you about the tests and what I learned about myself and give you my number, uh, you want to play along? I want to ask you a couple of questions. Oh, sure. I'm always game for this. I can make a fool of myself. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here's the story. I, I, Dale, I'm going to give you a $100 bill and a coin with heads and tails on it. Now, what I want you to do, it, 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 toss the coin, and if it lands on uh, you'll if it lands on heads, you'll win an extra fifty dollars. So you'll have a hundred hundred and fifty dollars. However, if you uh, land on tails, you'll lose your hundred dollars. So would you do that? You've got a hundred dollars in hand. Yes, I'll do that. So you would risk losing all hundred dollars. Yes, because the hundred dollars I didn't have before. Wow, you're an amazing well, man. Let me let me ask you this: Do I have to flip the coin, or can I just no, take the hundred dollars? No, 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 no. You can take the hundred dollars and go. Oh, okay. So I'm going to take the hundred dollars and go on this one. I'm okay. sorry. I thought I thought flipping the coin was ne- no, no. necessary to receiving no, no, no hundred dollars. No, no. Okay. No. Okay. Here's the second question. Uh, I'll give you another chance to toss the coin. If it lands on heads, you win a hundred bucks, but on tails, you lose your hundred dollars. <laughs> So you either have $200 or $100 if you flip the coin. Would you do it? Sure. That one you would do. I think I'm going to do this one. This sounds okay. like fun. This is a this is a big one. Big All right. Payoff. 
All right. Well, let me tell you how far it had to go for me. I'd had to go down to the fifth attempt to get me to toss the coin. If I landed on heads, I'd win $250, but on tails, I would lose my $100. And so what it turns out for me is I am less willing to lose a sum of money than most. The average person is willing to take on a risk when the amount of money they could potentially win is 1.7 times the amount they would lose. So you are much more open to risk than am I. Then I did another test, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say these websites uh, slowly, and I'll repeat them, but they're, gonna, they're also going to be in the written material that goes in the email inviting people to listen to the podcast. So then I did another test at uh, humanmetrics.com. A great test, humanmetrics.com. I did another one at BuzzFeed, and I did another one at psychtests.com. So again, we're going to include those links for everybody. Uh, Dale, what do you think I found out about myself? That you're a little less risk tolerant than most? No. Just based on what you, yeah, what what you shared happened in the first really, test? Yeah, yeah. No, it turns out... Uh, on the test at Human Metrics, I'm exactly in the middle. The test at BuzzFeed, I'm exactly in the middle. And another, and the final test, and some of these tests take like 20 or 30 minutes to take. So the one at Psych Tests, I'm exactly in the middle. So I started wondering what put me in the middle. Um, because I don't necessarily see myself as being in the middle. I, I think I see myself as being a little more open to a certain degree of risk. But I think I know what the answer is for me. When I was very young, I was prepared to risk everything because I had nothing. Uh, the first radio station I purchased uh, was for 500000 I was 22 years of age. It was $500,000, which is the equivalent of several million dollars today. The down payment was $50,000, which would be the equivalent of a couple hundred thousand dollars today. And the day before the closing, I was $10,000 short on the money needed for the down payment. And I still remember going to bed the night before, sleeping eight hours and figuring it'll all work out. I mean, I, I, I'm not in that place today. I would not want to go there. But when I was young, I was prepared to risk everything because I had nothing. But then what happened for me, I think, is I realized I had a family to protect. And I think I have maybe in another podcast a long time ago, told you the story of how when the mayor of San Francisco, uh, George Moscone, was assassinated by Harvey uh, or by Dan uh, Dan White, I guess his name was. Um, uh, it, it later became known that Gina Moscone, his wife, there was no insurance. They had five kids. And were it not for the kindness of strangers, uh, Gina could have been out on the street and, and homeless. And other people had to really take care of her and get her on her feet. And, and uh, that was the time that I was just starting my family, and I thought, I've got all of these responsibilities. And so I, I, I think what happened is when I realized that I had a family to take care of and protect, I think that's probably what made me uh, somewhat risk adverse. But so here I am today. I'm stuck in the middle. Where do you think you are? Well, I know from the number of assessments that I've gone through that I am I'm pretty tolerant of risk, and I'm as indicated by my my willing to risk there i mean it just 
I, yeah. I know that about myself. I mean, it's, it's kind of, and it does, and it scares me, especially as you lay it out the way you just laid it out. I've got the family and, um, we're, we're incredibly fortunate. I've, I have also done things in my life to mitigate my willingness to take risk. Give me, so, an, exa- give, give me an example. My life insurance policy yes. is a great example. Yes. Um, it's, it's significantly over what, what I need, but it's, it's there because I like to, my risk taking, I like to ride motorcycles. I like to go fast. Mm -hmm. There's just, there's a number of things. Hopefully my life insurance people aren't listening. (laughs) um, So, so this, all of this, if, if I can start asking questions and, and, and yep. talk through this, I, what you have just laid out and, and brought to us immediately brings to mind four philosophers. Yes. So Socrates said, know thyself. Yes. Kierkegaard said, choose thyself. Yes. Mirandola said, create thyself. Jesus said, give thyself. Yes. So when you think about it from the, the context and standpoint of what you've just laid out, you're working to know yourself. You've gone through this process of understanding your relationship with risk. Yes. You know, Kierkegaard, choose yourself. So you're choosing how you're going to relate to these various things. And you've made changes and you've adapted. You're creating yourself in this. And then I love, you know, your generosity and you're thinking about the other people in your life. Give yourself. So you see those four areas really clear in how you've laid this out for us today on the podcast. Yeah. And, and it went one step further. Um, and I'm not prepared to discuss specific dollars, but I mean, uh, uh, as a family, we have always been savers, uh, and investors, uh, ever since that happened all those years ago. And so, uh, as part of this exercise, sitting in the dark in the greenhouse with my cup of decaf, which is one of the most wonderful times of the day for me, I started thinking, now, how much will I risk? So, so let's ask the tough question. What percent of your net worth would you risk on something? And, uh, I actually came up with a number uh, for me. And so I am just, uh, and, and then you also think about, you know, why are you an investor? Why do you save money? Why do you want to have a significant net worth? Well, uh, the Germans have this wonderful saying, I'll do it in English, shrouds have no pockets. I mean, none of us are taking it with us. And so, uh, you know, the reason I want to protect uh, uh, that net worth, with w- which we've achieved, uh, is one, we want to be generous. And, and two, uh, upon our passing, we really want to make a significant difference for uh, for five or six things that we feel very strongly for. So uh, so it led me even to know how much money I am willing to put at risk because I tend to be a very conservative investor. So for me, it was a good exercise to know where I was. And, and at this point in my life, I am comfortable being right in the middle. I'm really comfortable being right in the middle right now. So, so I have no, you know, normally I say, so I've got five pieces of advice or I want people to take three things away. Uh, Well, I I have no simple pointers or advice uh, on how risk averse one should be, but, uh, but I do know this, I am comfortable knowing my number. And I guess the other thing is that is this, uh, I guess that's why I urge companies based on our research and based on studying all these great companies to be constantly making lots of small bets 
Because if you're constantly making lots of small bets, you're never put in a position of having to bet the ranch. And uh, because the outcome there is very seldom good. A very seldom is a good. And so it has actually motivated me. I've also been thinking more about uh, the small bets that I need to take. So, um, so any other questions? Any other thoughts? I mean, that's, that's what I bring to the table today. I'm so used to saying one, two, three, four, five, do these three. <laughs> and, and I don't have them. I, I just, I, I think it's somebody that something that everybody should know. I think the biggest takeaways for me as I, as I go through this conversation with you, number one, curiosity about oneself is so important. What can I learn about me today? How does that apply? Why? Why is, why is that? And in that questioning, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, an entrepreneur I'm working with right now on a project. He's my age, retired, very comfortable life. Yes. And he has an idea that is, this is not, not hyperbole. It's, it's world changing. Yes. And he has set out and he is risking a significant amount of his his savings to bring this to life because of how big it is. And and when I look at it, I would say he is risking significantly, but the benefit on the other end of it is huge. So when you look at, you know, you ask that question, what would I risk? I it depends on what What's the risk for? And and so let me ask you this question and don't identify the person. And I know you won't, but uh, uh, you, you say that he's retired, young, comfortable life, which means he's, he's got a portfolio. He's got some dough. What, what percentage of what he has is, is he willing to put at risk? Would you, would you take a guess? I don't know his numbers well enough to even come up with a guess on that. I would say knowing the amount that's invested in this project, it's significant. Wow. Wow. Okay. And he's, he's what, about 45 or 50? Yep. He's in that age range. Okay. All right. I guess one of the other things that happens with some people is, is, is you get a little bit uh, tempered with age, uh, probably because, uh, you know, if you're in your twenties and thirties, what the hell? risk it all. I mean, what have you got to lose? You can make it all over again. But by the time you start creeping into your fifties and early sixties, you start wondering, you know, would I be able to make it all over again? And, uh, uh, that has never been paralyzing for me, but it's certainly something that's, that, that's crossed my mind from time to time. So and as I think, go ahead, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think as, as you talk through that piece and what, asking the question, what, what, what am I willing to risk and how much am I willing to risk? When you have those core values in place, he's, you know, I'm thinking about my friend, the entrepreneur. Uh, it's, it's a big, big issue that he's tackling on the world stage, Yes, which is exciting, but it, the risk for that is significant. Yes. So it's, it's knowing yourself and having the, that set of core values to know how do I make this decision? What are the steps I'm going to go through? How do I think through this decision that I have to make also factors in, which is something that you talk about a lot. 
Yep. Um, I would love to hear from some people on where they are with uh, their tolerance for risk, or are they risk averse or are they risk ready? Uh, and so uh, I know at the end of the show, you'll give up my email address, but uh, uh, but I'll be on the road next week. So I'll have a chance to uh, use my I, new iPhone 11 Pro and uh, and uh, tap back some responses to people. So I'd, I'd, I'd like some people to weigh in on this. Absolutely. Any final words for us? Yeah, this is going to fly in the face of everything we've talked about today. And I didn't have to look this one up because I remembered it. And it was from Jimmy Carter, who uh, uh, who I've always had a lot of time for because of the way he has lived his life. Um, I, I, I really have. And that's got nothing to do with politics. I am just very... Uh, I've always admired the peanut farmer from Plains, Georgia. And, uh, and he, he said, uh, go out on a limb. That's where the fruit is. <laughs> so, uh, so maybe instead of being stuck in the middle, maybe I've just got to become a little more risk ready because at the end of the limb is where the fruit is. Absolutely. Good word. Hey, I will remind folks that while you are listening to this podcast on your favorite podcast player, be sure that you are subscribed. Uh, and then when you are there subscribing, if you would rate and review the podcast, we would be most grateful. It makes it easier for others to find. Also, Jason would love to hear from you. What does risk mean to you? What's your risk tolerance and what are you willing to risk? Jason's email address, jason at jason-jennings.com. The email address, jason at jason-jennings.com. Also, Jason gave us a number of hyperlinks to be looking at to assess our risk readiness, and we will make sure that those get placed in that email you receive, uh, and you could be added to the email list, dropping Jason a line, jason at jason-jennings.com. How are you, do- how, how, Jen- yeah, how, how are you doing on your email inbox? It's uh, really close to zero. Yep. For my for my work email inbox, it's such a relief. Such a relief. Yeah, I've uh, this one really uh, touched a nerve. I've I've heard from lots of people, and in fact, I you know I I, I like to really live anonymously uh, where I am in Marin County, California. But I bet over the past couple of weeks, I've had. Uh, I don't know, I'll pick a number, 15 or 20 people come up to me, including at the gym, who I, I don't even know who they are. And they said, how's your email inbox? How's your email inbox? And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's like uh, it, it just will, does become muscle memory at some point. I mean, it really does. It's a big issue for a lot of us. Yeah, it is. That inbox and, and managing it. Yep. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, you, you can do your big clothes. My apologies. I just had to ask how you no were No worries. Thank you. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today has called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how your group or company can have Jason keynote your next event. Visit the website, jason-jennings.com. This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com. Jennings.com.